unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and please welcome to the show your host, Christopher Roush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time Tuesdays. I'm always here every single week without fail. Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show. I am Christopher Roush, your host, the No Excuses Coach, and I'm excited to be here with you tonight. We are live. I'm no longer in Italy. I'm live and in the flesh, and I'm excited to have this conversation tonight with my special guest. But before we do that, just want to welcome you guys, whether you're watching live or on the replay. Thank you for being here. Thank you for commenting. And as, of course, always ask questions, engage with us in the comments. This is a conversation between me, you, my guest. We're sitting in a coffee shop. We're sitting in a bar. We're just having a convo. We're talking about how we can, what are we talking about tonight? We're talking about how we can recycle our failures for success. I love that. I love that. We got Catherine Young in the house. Catherine is quitting smoking. So thank you, Catherine, for being here. Hell yeah. Let's get on with that. Wrigley's, Wrigley's uh, cinnamon gum. That's what, I, that's what I chewed for like six months straight when I quit smoking way back in my 20s. I smoked for like seven years like a fucking chain smoker, like two packs a day. like And then I just quit after my grandfather died of lung cancer 25 years after he quit smoking. I was like, you know what? Mm-mm, I ain't dying from these things. And I threw them in the trash, threw them in the trash, ladies and gentlemen. So you are you are here to have an opportunity to expand your mindset. And tonight we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about how we can increase our faith and our belief in ourselves. We're going to talk about how we can get out of the past and all the old beliefs and all that other shit. And we're going to talk about how we can be rocking today and how we can reframe our strategies and how we can set some goals, some bite-sized nuggets and be able to chew on those things a little bit and progressively increase our confidence, our courage, and obviously our results and have a kick-ass life. So I appreciate you guys for being here. And uh, as always, just want to sit there and do a little little shout out. You guys know I support helphealhumanity.org. So you guys listening on the podcast, the audio podcast, helphealhumanity.org. It's an organization I'm on the board of directors on for now two years, and it's an amazing organization right now. We are raising $100,000 for kids to go to school in Haiti. And you might be saying, Chris, Haiti, what about the United States? We're actually doing stuff in the United States too. We're actually currently right now, uh, the founder, Serena Buffalino, and the president are conducting uh, some training in the schools for kids to raise their level of confidence, their level of awareness, their level of impact. So we're all over the place. We would love your support. If you love the Ron Inscripted show, if you dig what I'm spraying all the time here, Ron Inscripted, bringing you the unfiltered experience as well on Friday nights, please, please, please consider doing what you can. We're out there on the streets, raising raising money, raising awareness, and we need your help. Also, if you feel like volunteering for the organization or if you feel like having a position within your organization, go check out helphealhumanity.org. Go to the volunteer tab and you can see all the different positions that are available right now. We would love to have you and your expertise with us uh, to make this world a better place for who we are and what we do. The other little thing I would like to say tonight is I would like to welcome Ray. What's up, Ray? My brother Ray is here. Uh, he's my kind of like my my right my right hand man. Sometimes he's like sitting here, so he's already put this up here for me. He puts the link up there, so you guys could just click on that uh, for help heal humanity for you guys listening. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna drag the show down, but I want to just share some news with you. Some of you guys uh, follow me on Facebook, and you know that I posted the other day that my kitty wasn't doing very well. And I'm happy and sad to say that today at 1140, I helped her transition with the help of a veterinarian, of course, uh, to the other side. So my kitty Vixen uh, was with me for 21 years. 
She was an amazing cat. I'm going to do a tribute to her on Facebook and social media, probably later tonight or tomorrow when I, when I can think a little bit clearer. But it's been uh, an incredible ride with her. She was my ride or die. Uh, her sister Zena passed away back in 2014 from uh, she had anal cancer. It was crazy. It had this growth. It was nasty. Um, but Vixen was the one we thought was going to go first because she used to have seizures. But she outlived five other cats that we had uh, growing up here in the house in the Roush family. So we wish her the best in uh, transitioning. So uh, it's you know when we when we lose someone or we lose something. You know, there's two different perspectives that we can have on it. We can sit there and look at it like, why did this happen to me? Um, we could sit there and feel that loss and want to stay in that sense of loss. But at the same time, for me, it's about celebration. It's about the celebration of her life. And she rode hard. You know, she was she was tired in the end. Uh, she had various uh, things going on. And I just didn't want to prolong her suffering anymore. So it was just a matter of making that tough decision. And sometimes, you know, as we talk about here on the Ron and Scripted Show, we have to make tough decisions. We have to let people go. We have to let animals go. But we're here remaining. And what we can do when we have to let somebody go or let an animal go, for me, it's about living in their honor. Uh, I remember I learned this 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 when I uh, my I call her my sister, but she was my sister in law from my previous marriage when she dropped dead at 33 years old, and I was screaming at God and going why 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 you know I was all pissed off, and you know I felt like she had this conversation with me in my spirit and my soul, and she's like Chris, you know the best way you can honor my life is to celebrate the things that I was about and continue doing what you're doing to make the world a better place. So you know when you lose something or you lose you know. Um, you know, a person or anything, you know, it's all about where you set your mind to be focused on moving forward. Another example is I recently lost my Facebook profile of, uh, I was on Facebook for since 2007 and, um, I was hacked and then they posted ISIS pictures. I was in Facebook jail for 30 days. And then, um, something else happened. I was in Facebook jail for a day and a half. I don't have any idea what happened. And then the last, I guess, straw on the camel's back, uh, the straw that cr broke the camel's back was somebody posted about the Uvalde shooting in Texas where, you know, the kids were inside the classroom and the cops were outside and they knew the shooter was in there and they didn't do jack shit about it. And so somebody asked, what would you have done in that situation? And I, I'll, I just commented on their post. I said, I would have throat punched every person in my way and I would have gone in there and saved my kid. I would have risked my life to be there for those kids. And Facebook sent me a thing. 10 minutes later, I flashed on my screen and says you have violated our community standards so i lost uh nearly five thousand connections and relationships i lost all the memories that i had on there and you know it's quite frustrating and quite devastating i can't access my kick-ass guide to life page which has nearly seven thousand subscribers to it you know and so i lost that and and i spent a day kind of being bummed out and everything about it but at the same time you got to keep moving forward. You got to keep moving forward. You got to rebuild. You rebuild bigger, better, badder, and you don't look at the past anymore. You say, hey, that was a lesson learned. I had a great run with it, but now we're back and we're, we're, we're growing again. So that's the message for the show tonight. That's what we're going to be talking about tonight. So I appreciate you guys all being here, whether you're live or on the replay. We got Mary Kay in the house. What's up, Mary Kay? She says, hello, Christopher and Catherine. Appreciate it. We got Robert Broker in the house. He says, hey, Christopher, appreciate you coming in here from YouTube. I love it. I love it. Captain says there, I'm so sorry for your loss. Hugs, XOXO, appreciate it. And we got everybody saying, hey, hey, hey. And of course, Ray is being so awesome and he's posting my website, ChristopherRoush.com. Would love for you guys to go over there. One of the things that I'm going to start doing now as a result from having my Facebook data and everything else lost is I've never been a big guy about emailing and newsletters and stuff like that. But one way we can always stay connected is go to ChristopherRoush.com. 
on the uh, the last page, our last tab, there's a place where you can sign up for my newsletter. And actually, God's honest truth, I'm going to start sending out newsletters because I really feel that anybody who wants to be that connected to me deserves to have first crack at everything that I'm going to be putting out. And I've got my book coming out later this year. I've got a new coaching program coming out September. I'm only going to take 10 people for that. And then I've got some courses that I'm actually going to be doing at the urging of my coach. She said, Chris, the only people, the only way people can work with you is to work one-on-one -on -one with you. So you need to kind of think about diversifying and having a group program and having some courses. And uh, so I'll be doing that. So for the people that are on the mailing list that are part of the Misfits for Life community, you guys will get first crack on all of that stuff. And I promise that I'll take care of you financially on that. That'll be just a special thing for anybody who's on that newsletter. So go over to ChristopherRoush.com and sign up for that. And I promise you won't get spammed because I literally haven't sent a newsletter out in years. So it'll be a new thing for me and you'll get some special uh, content in there as well. So enough of the commercials, enough of the Yahoo. Um, appreciate it. Uh, Catherine says, you're so excited to read your new book. Congratulations. Thank you, Catherine. I appreciate you. So my guest tonight, I met on an app called Owl. And you guys have heard me talk about it here on the show. I haven't talked about it recently because I need to update my, my marketing material. But Owl, if you go to www owwll.com. Check it out. It's a place where you can actually reach out to experts and ask them questions. You can pay them a little bit of money, get your questions answered right away. And I met this fantastic gentleman on there. He's one of the one of the one of the prophets, if you will, on the app. And he's just a tremendous guy. And I'm excited to have him here on the Ron and Scripture Show. Please welcome Mr. Brian Stubar. How are you doing, Mr. Brian? I am fantastic, Mr. Roush. How are you tonight? I'm doing good. I'm fired up. You know, I'm fired up uh, regardless of yeah. what's going on in my personal life. I just, I feel blessed to be still on this side of the dirt and uh, excited to be having this conversation with you tonight. So uh, yeah, I feel glad are, you lost all your Facebook connections. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the truth terrible. be told, truth be told, 98% of my clients come from Facebook based on the fact that I've just established relationships with wow. them. I let them see my walk and my talk and let them see what I'm about. And then eventually they just reach out and say, Hey, Chris, I've watched you for enough. I see what you're about. Would love to coach with you. Would love for have you to elevate my myself. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. You know, I figure if, if it's that important to them, they'll find me. People are finding me right now. But the funny thing about it, Brian, is this, that people are reaching out to me and saying, why did you unfriend me? What did I do to you? And I'm like, I hate being misunderstood. I hate being misunderstood. I'm like, I didn't unfriend you. I said my Facebook was deleted. And they're like, oh my God. I was like wondering what I did to piss you off. I'm like, no, I just, I've asked my wife. She's gone on and posted and said, hey, anybody who's friends with me and Chris, you know, his, his Facebook profile got deleted. So, you know, it is what it is. We just, we it continue is. to move on, man. We continue. So to move Facebook on. basically did you a favor. They cleaned the clock for you so you can start over. Exactly. Exactly. That's honestly, that's one of the ways I'm looking at. It. I'm like, I don't yeah. have to follow that person anymore. I've seen a few people friend request me and I'm like, God, I really do. I want to see their feed again. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll just keep that one in the pending file. We'll just keep that one in the pending yeah. file. So, uh, Mr. Brian, thank you for being here on the Ron and Scripture Absolutely. show. And I want to start off with a question that I've been asking a sure. lot of my guests lately and thinking about the last two and a half years that we've all been through, you know, thinking back about to March of 2020 when COVID happened and the pandemic started happening and we were all put on lockdown in the ensuing months and really the years that have followed since then. What types of things have you learned about yourself during this time? And what, what things have you learned about the population overall in general? So there was a number of things that I watched kind of happening when the whole COVID or whatever you want to call it, pandemic or plandemic or whatever you want to call it happened. You know, I, I began to see even in December of the year before, when we started hearing rumors and rumblings of things happening, people started to panic. And I began to watch people focus on themselves, their own survival. You know, in many cases, they turned to all their screens, you know, watching the news, see what was happening, and they were feeding on all the negativity. And it was kind of sad. And um, I actually did a pivot in one of my businesses because I also have a coaching business. 
And so I began to pivot because I realized that so many people were turning to their screens and it was actually dividing what was great relationships, whether it was, you know, spousal relationships, you know, parents with their kids, grandkids, whatever. Everybody was so focused on the news and the negativity and so fearing for their life that nobody wanted to go out. Nobody wanted to see each other. Nobody even wanted to wave at each other. They were afraid it could be transmitted through a wave or even a smile. It was like, look, you can still use Zoom. You can still have a virtual you know, hug, so to speak, if you want to call it that. And so many people were so afraid. And so I pivoted and I started a fishing charter business because I realized so many people need to get out of the house, do something with your kids or your grandkids, go make a memory. Because if you don't, it might be the last chance you have. So true. So true. I love that. I love that. And that's one of the things I did with my son, you know, getting out, I had my mother-in-law living with us. So I had to be super, super careful because we didn't want to compromise her health. She was actually supposed to go back. She came out in November for my son's birthday. She comes out from Chicago and spends the winters here a little bit, yeah. kind of a you know chance for everybody just to bond. And she was literally supposed to go back. And I was like, and uh just want to make sure um I don't, him, I don't care um and and then it hit and then so we had to be super careful because we don't want anything to happen to her so what i would do is i would just take my son up to the mountains we would go hiking i would take him to the beach we would go they were like the beach was dead empty and we would just go there yeah. and have the whole day to ourselves and it was just about getting out and just doing something you know not being around people but being safe but you know just getting out there still making those moments and those memories and i was talking to people that hadn't even been outside the house for like six yeah. weeks and i'm like you got to get out and get some sunshine you got to get out there you know there's things you could still do within reason to keep yourself safe but you know still go out there and live your life yeah. and i know for me um during the pandemic i was one of the things i wanted to do the most is actually i started my friday night show during the pandemic as a way just to bring levity and, and inspiration to people we called it friday night live kind of like saturday night live we had a bunch of different people starting off of it and it was just my way of, of bringing some more positivity but then from that, I decided just to start giving complimentary coaching sessions out. I'm like, okay, listen, this is what I can do. I can give out my coaching services, give somebody an hour of my time and, and keep their brain focused and get them kind of a little inspired. And through that, this is the thing that I found, Brian, and I, I want to get your take on this. As I started noticing something, so I started asking this question. I thought it was going to be the stupidest question in the world. I started asking people, do you love yourself? Yes or no? And I thought people were like, well, fuck Chris. Yeah, of course I love myself. But I sat there and watched. It was on Zoom and I watched these people go, well, I kind of think, well, maybe, I, you know, people were struggling with just the basics of loving themselves. What are your thoughts on that? Why do you think people struggle loving themselves? You know, I don't know if I know all the answers to that because a lot of people, I think, fear. I don't know if they fear being called proud or egotistical or if it's just that they simply never really understood themselves. I think a lot of people have a fear of repeating their past. And if they love themselves, they're afraid that they'll... I don't know, maybe repeat their past over and over. Who knows? There's a lot of things I've run into, but similar to you, you know, I found a lot of people, especially when COVID hit, they didn't even know how to live with themselves. And I feel like we were so busy, you know, pre-COVID, if you want to call it that, that so many of us just ran ragged and didn't really sit down and, in essence, count the cost. What are relationships worth? What are people and friends and, you know, those around us that we love and care about, what are they actually worth to us? Do they really matter? Or is it something that we just say they do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. And for, for me and thinking about that question, it was like, you know, I, at a point in time, I didn't love myself. I liked myself and I, and I had belief in myself, but I didn't necessarily love myself because I would hold myself accountable for past transgressions and things that I did. I still felt guilt and, and, and situations like that. 
what do you think for people who still hang on to aspects of their past? They think that just because it happened that, that, it, that it makes them who they are. And they, how do we rewrite that picture of ourselves in a different way from what had happened in the past? So one of the things that is a very easy <clears throat> illustration, if you think about a car, is the windshield or the rearview mirror bigger? Yeah. I don't like to stare in the rearview mirror while I'm going forward. It's a good way to have issues. <laughs> and so many people tend to drive their life staring only in the rearview mirror. They forget the windshields even there, or maybe they have their sun visors all down. You know, those sunshade things they put in the windows. Maybe they have that up because they're afraid of looking forward or they don't even know how to look forward. They've never looked forward. They're used to staring in the rearview mirror and they keep running into things, repeating, banging into things, you know, hitting their head off the wall, whatever. And they're like, I never can succeed. Now, it doesn't mean you can't. It might mean you need a coach instead of a counselor. And so many people think a counselor is going to help you go forward. No, a counselor is going to help you deal with your past, figure out what your mistakes were, and then you need a coach to help you plan and move forward into your future. Amen. Amen. Um, capture some of these uh, comments here real quick. We got, uh, yeah. let's see who we got. I got a bunch of people in the house. We got, uh, they always say hi to each other. I love it. Yeah, They're awesome. like a community. Um, oh yeah. We got that one before. Um, we got welcome, Brian. Kath was saying, welcome, Brian. Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. We got all sorts of Brian's going on. Um, Brenda's trying to, or Catherine's trying to get her friend Brenda to check out, <laughs> check out the show. We got my brother Lee in the house. What's up, brother Lee? I appreciate awesome. you being here from Arizona. And, um, yeah, let's see. We got Daniel in the house. We got Dano. He says, keep crushing it, Chris. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Uh, he says, no excuses. Ray posts here. He goes, do you love yourself? Yes or no? Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the one of the biggest questions you can ask yourself because honestly, from, you know, when you say you love yourself, the be next best thing is after that is to make, are you taking care of yourself? And that was another thing that I noticed off of the conversations that I was having, Brian, is I asked him, I said, what is your hydration like? What is your sleep like? What is your diet like? And what's your exercise like? Yep. All four areas that we can totally be massively in control with. But I found that people were like, well, I don't have time for this. And I don't, yeah, I probably don't drink enough water and all these different things. And I'm, I'm like asking them like on a scale of one to 10, how kick-ass yeah. are you feeling? Well, honestly, I feel like a four or five. I'm like, okay, do you understand that you're like, your body is mostly water. So if you're dehydrated, your brain's not going to work that good. And if your brain's not working that good, your thoughts aren't going to be that good. Your thoughts aren't that going to be that good. You're going to be looking for a short-term gratification to run away from the things that you're not dealing with. And it just becomes this vicious cycle. And people started realizing, I'm like, just go out and get some sunshine, you know, drink half your body weight in ounces of water, eat some decent food, because at the end of the day, you may not have time right now to take care of all those things. But do you have time later on to go to all the doctor's appointments and have all the procedures and to take, you know, 20 different medications because you have diabetes and you have cholesterol and you have all these different things. I have a personal friend of mine. He's kind of a former friend in a way, but he's on 18 different medications and he's only two years older than me. Wow. It's, it's just, it's just absolutely crazy. So when yeah. I think about all of that said and done, Brian, I want to know from you, you know, let's, I want to back up your story. I want to get to know you a little bit better. Talk to me yeah. about young Brian. What, what, what kind of story do you have? What was your travels like? What created the man that's sitting here in front of me today that I so madly respect? So it actually started years and years ago. And a lot of people don't realize I am one of 10 children. Holy I grew up, <laughs> I grew up out West um, until I was 15 and built a house for our family. At the age of 15, we lived in a single wide mobile home on 26 acres. So we were about 25 miles from town. That was what my parents could afford because we had so many children. So luckily we had a house, we had a roof, but it was tight. Um, so then at the age of six, I started my first business. I rented some lawn equipment from my father. 
and was able to be debt free and own my own by the age of 10. So I paid cash for brand new lawn equipment when I was 10 years old. And uh, so I began to understand the entrepreneurial journey and how you have to save and not just spend it all. You know, you have to learn how to, you know, build a customer base, make them happy. And one of the things my dad taught me was always do more than is expected. Yes. And I think that's so crucial. Um, there was actually a book I read when I was in my late teens, I think it was called The Fred Factor. And if you guys haven't read it, it's a really good book. It's just a short little read, maybe two, three hours. Um, it's called The Fred Factor. And what it basically is explaining is how to do more than is expected and to be a servant and to help other people. And when you really serve them selflessly, it totally changes your life. And people will literally pay you a lot more because they feel the value. And it's just it's, it's a totally different feeling. And so that was kind of a revolutionizing of my entrepreneurial journey at that point. And I branched into construction, you know, ran a construction crew for a large um, auto dealer. There was eight of us just to keep up with their growth. It's the largest Dodge truck dealer in the world. So we worked for them for a few years. And then I moved east and uh, worked for a friend of mine. He had a large construction company uh, back here in Ohio, which is where I live now. So I am East Coast time for anybody watching from the East Coast. It's getting late, but hey, I'm still up and around, still kicking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's been a long journey. Um, years ago, then um, I actually began uh, public adjusting. And a lot of people don't even know what that is. But in 2012, long story short, my wife's aunt had a water leak and it destroyed her kitchen and dining room area in her house. And of course, being a you know, contractor and understanding all that stuff. I knew very quickly when her insurance gave her like a thousand bucks, she wasn't going to be able to get a new kitchen. She wasn't going to be able to get a new dining room or even clean up the mess for a thousand dollars. I mean, a dumpster is close to 500 bucks. I'm like, I don't think that's going to cover it. And she's like, well, maybe you can do it for that. I'm like, no, I don't think I can. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you can do it. Your family discounts great, but not that great. <laughs> so, right. so I began to do some research, talk to an attorney, et cetera, and found out that public adjusters are basically your advocate against insurance companies. And the easy way to put it in perspective, Chris, is let's say you were going to sue me in a court of law for something. And you find out that I have an attorney. You're like, great. His attorney can handle the whole case. I don't even need to deal with this. How good of a deal you think you're going to get out of our lawsuit? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not very fair, right? No. But think about insurance. Who has an adjuster? The insurance company. Why is it we all feel gypped at the end of the day? Yeah, because it was their guy deciding how much you got. Yep. And I was like, well, duh. No wonder everybody's always broke and paying insurance. So I began to fight for the consumer. And, you know, just a long story short, actually, just about a year and a half ago during COVID, a pastor friend of mine had a small house fire. And just on my own, I just said, you know, I'm just going to help them if they want to give me something great, if not, whatever. And I took them from 48000 to 480000 Wow. And so that's the difference of having an advocate, just like having a coach on your side when they help you through the trauma in your life. It's just unbelievable the difference because you have a go-to person you have somebody to bounce ideas off of you have somebody to help you through the rough patches if you fail they'll help you get back up yeah and that's kind of what i learned was the value of a coach and i now have you know five to six coaches on a regular basis because it helps me keep going if i'm not growing i'm stagnant or dying yes you, you there is really no middle ground like well i'm just kind of holding my own no that's not how it works Yep. You're either going forward or backward. 
Beautifully said. So that's kind of a quick story of my life. And I mean, there's been a lot of ups and downs, some, you know, failures and things along the way, but that's how you learn. And I learned mm. that failure is actually just a stepping stone to your next success. And one of the things I looked at, Chris, I don't know if you ever thought about one of the illustrations I like to use is think about the difference of someone who is a trained surfer and someone who is a beginner. <laughs> how do someone they look who, at the someone wave? who enjoys it and someone who eats shit? <laughs> well, you think about how do they look at the wave? One is absolutely fearful. One's afraid of the wave. Like, is it going to kill me? Is it going to knock me off? Am I going to fall in with the sharks or what's going to happen? They don't even know what's in the wave where the experienced surfer looks at the wave and goes, oh, this is an opportunity to ride this sucker all the way back to shore. Yeah. And he, he does the longest ride for the day. You know, he takes this wave and he sees it and he sees the power hidden in that wave. So many people don't. They're like, well, I fell down on that last little one. I didn't make it. So now they're afraid of the big one. Oh, this one's definitely going to send me head over heels doesn't mean that you just mm -hmm. have to learn how to harness the power of it. Yeah. That's the same thing with failures. And that's why a coach is so important. Dude, you're speaking my language. You're speaking my language. And what's funny is I have, a, I have another, I have another, I tell, I think about things in the same way you do. Mm -hmm. So one time when I think about, you know, fears, and, and that's one of the things I love to coach on is getting people past yep. their fears. You know, I'm afraid of the dentist. I'm afraid of heights. I'm afraid of this. <laughs> one time I was standing in line at uh, magic mountain out here in Southern California. And literally in front of me was somebody, there was a couple of people and they were like, oh my God, we're so excited. We're going to put our hands up and da, 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 da. And it's going to be so great. And da, 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 all these different things. And just a few steps behind me, I had somebody going, I don't know if I could do this. You know, that's, that's really high and that looks scary. You know, what if the mechanic was stoned when they fixed everything? And it was like, literally in front of me was excitement and behind me was fear. And I'm like, you know what? When you think about the two different lenses you can look through life at, I talk about oftentimes you can look through the lens of love or the look through the lens of fear. But at the same time, you could look at that wave as excitement or as fear. Like I'm excited. I'm excited to eat shit 12 times because on the 13th time, I'm yeah. going to ride that motherfucker onto the, onto the, onto the sand. Yeah. You know? So I love that you share that perspective. I want to dig a little bit deeper. I want you to sure. tell me about a time in your life that you were down at your lowest. And what did you do to get yourself out of that situation? Was there somebody to help you, somebody to guide you and what lessons or lesson did you learn from that experience? You know, that's a really great question. And I would say that probably one of the biggest lessons was um, about four days after we got married, I got fired. Oh, wow. That was challenging. I had $2.80 to my name because we had just got back from our honeymoon. I was expecting a paycheck. And because, you know, there were some things that were said and accusations from somebody that wanted my position at the company, um, <laughs> he decided or I asked him, you know, if it would be OK with him if I just let him keep my last paycheck. And he said, I didn't have to do that. And I said, well, listen, one thing for sure, my dad taught me it's better to you know, have a good name than it is to have, you know, fame and money, so to speak. Yeah. And so I said, you know, I don't want you to feel like I was trying to jip you in any ways. So keep my last paycheck. And I said, the 300 bucks that I put for you of materials and stuff on my credit card, I said, I'll pay it. Don't worry about it. Wow. So Oof. he again said, no, I, I, I didn't have to. I said, no, that's fine. But the toughest challenge for me through that whole thing was I was really struggling with bitterness towards the person that made the false accusations to get me fired. And I knew they were false and the boss knew they were false. But it was his brother. And so he kind of had to stand by him and, you know, oh, whatever. Geez. So I was like, whatever. But then I just felt within myself, I knew he was building his own brand new house. And I just felt within myself that, and one of the biblical verses came to me from my childhood, do good um, in, in exchange for evil, basically. And I thought, okay, so what can I do for him? I've only got $2 and 80 cents. 
And I knew that about a mile from his house, there was a little, I don't know, convenience store thing that had these peanut butter milkshakes. I knew that was his favorite. And they were $2.80. So I literally drove with what gas I had left in my tank. I drove over there and I bought one and I took it to him. No way. It was a hot day. And he said, thanks. And I went home. But you know what? It wasn't for him. That act was actually for me. Yep. And I was free from that point on. I didn't care. I didn't have any animosity. I had no bitterness. I was totally free. And I moved on. And like a week later, I had a job. I was, you know, now foreman at a lumber yard. And now he came to me. So <laughs> it was pretty wild. <laughs> so, you know, God works things out. But the key is learning those lessons, turning what looked like a failure. And I was literally going to be down and out. And I had to find a way to set myself free because it's so easy to get down and out and bitter and feeling sad. And just like you with Facebook. I mean, how easy would it be to be in the dumps? I lost all my friends and nobody loves me. And it doesn't mean anything. It's just that Facebook yep. got ticked because you showed them up. <laughs> <laughs> Throw a punch somebody. Yeah. So you just have to look at, you know, what do you do? You look for the next opportunity, you know, get up and keep going. And it, it's, it's not about how many times you get knocked down. It's really about how many times can you get back up? Mm hmm. Amen. I mean, it, it sounds matter. like it sounds like what you're talking about is, you know, the, the essence of not quitting. And I've seen yes. so many people, you know, going back to, you know, the time during COVID, I saw people that were quitting and giving up on humanity and quitting, giving up yep. on themselves and feeling I was all dire and it was all going down the toilet. And I saw people like yourself saying, hey, how can I pivot this? I have a bunch of my yep. friends that are speakers and speak on stage that literally yep. had speeches booked for 12, 18 months out. Lots of good paychecks coming in and overnight, all their shit was gone. And I saw some of my speaker friends going and driving Uber and I saw of them. I saw some of them pivoting and calling companies and saying, hey, let me do a Zoom presentation. Let me do a lunch and learn yep. for you. Let me do something. So it's really about that. What, what advice do you have for people that feel like quitting? Because there's always that opportunity, like I'm going to quit this or quit that. And sometimes it's actually good to quit something. But what are your thoughts on if somebody's thinking about quitting something that they really don't want to do, but they're just giving up on themselves? So there's a number of things there. Quitting is really, in essence, a fear of failure, usually. And so many people quit because they're afraid they're going to fail anyway. They're like, well, I'd rather just quit and say I quit because I chose to versus fail. Yep. And, and I think when you can literally pinpoint that in yourself, that I'm afraid of failure, I'm afraid of repeating something in the past, you know, maybe you failed to surf the wave and you fell down or, you know, you dove head first or whatever happened, you tripped over seaweed, I don't care what it was. If you got all tangled up in something, doesn't mean you're going to do it again. You just need someone to help you with your blind spots. And so many of us have those, but I think that quitting is simply our quote unquote easy way out. We think that's easier. But what I like to look at is why would you want to start over or even start something new if you can't finish anything? If you stop quitting, you don't have to keep starting. Yes. And it's kind of a ripple effect. Once you start that cycle of, well, let me start something new. Let me just quit that and I'll start something new. Well, let me quit that and start something new. The grass isn't always greener on the other side of the, the fence. Mm -mm. It might look greener, but guess what? Just because it's greener, it might be all thistles. You can't see it close enough till you get over there. And yeah. once you leave the pasture you're in and now you climb over the fence and you're like, oh, this is great. No, it's not. <laughs> so. It's true. I, mean, I, I always say, I would say that the grass is always greener where you water it. That's true. 
Yeah. I mean, you sit there and think about like I've coached, I was a relationship coach for many years and I would tell people like, you know, they sit there and think about all these other people. And I'm like, you know, if you water your own grass to take care of your own wife, you know, maybe perhaps the things are going to change. Maybe it's, it's your actions or inactions that are causing her to have the reaction that you're sitting there bitching about. Maybe it's your, maybe it's your situation to look with inside yourself, to be able to, you know, be honest with yourself. Right. I mean, you as a coach, one of the things we use too, in our relationship coaching, my wife and I have been doing that for about 15 years now. And uh, we've had the blessing of, you know, coaching about 2,600 couples. But one of the things that's crazy is transformation does not come from knowledge. It doesn't matter how much you know about anything. I don't care if it's yourself and you're trying to move yourself to the next level or it's you and your spouse or you and your kids or your grandkids. I don't care what relationship it is. You can know all about relationships. But what we found is application equals transformation. Amen. And it's, it's really having a coach to help you apply it, to help you and give you feedback to it. It's just totally different when you have somebody to walk through it with you. You don't have to do it alone. Life's not about doing it alone. Mm-mm. None of us are self-made in any way, really, because we all use electric that somebody else invented. You know, we all use whatever else you want to count. I don't care if it's electricity or, you know, the portage on or whatever you use. You didn't invent <laughs> it. I don't care. I didn't invent, you know, toilet paper either. So there's so many things we're like, well, I invented, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a self-made man. No, you're not. <laughs> Everybody thinks, well, I can do it myself. Yeah, you can do it yourself. Go ahead. You drive a car. Did you make it? <laughs> yep. Yep. I sit there and I look at this. I tell people this story. And actually, I have a quote up here when I'm, when people are asking me for my coaching mm-hmm. and I tell them what I charge and I tell them, if you expect the best if you are the best then no one expects you to be inexpensive. And if you are inexpensive, then no one expects you to be the best. My friend, Tony Rodriguez told me that. So I keep that up there right in front of me as I'm quoting for people and telling them these things. But I remember for me, I didn't have a coach and I hadn't really invested in myself. I bought books and went to school and stuff like that. But back in 2013, I was at an event here in Los Angeles and the guy was talking up, uh, you know, this mastermind and I'm like, Oh, here comes the pitches and everything. Mastermind is going to probably be a lot of money. And we get the sheet in front of me and I'm like five grand. Like five grand to join a mastermind for a year. There's three meetings. They're all, there's all this different stuff. My immediate thought was I can't afford it. And I sat there and I thought, you know what, Chris, after all the things you've done for everybody else and and done all these things, what would happen if you could sit there and say, you know, if you can't make $5,001 back from your investment after a year, then you shouldn't be doing what it is that you were doing. And at the time I was coaching and speaking and somewhat successful at it, but I sat there and I recognized, I'm like, you know what? I need to pay down my bills or I need, I want to, you know, work on my car. I have a 69 charger, but I sat there and I thought about it and I looked at the sheet and it was for the first time in my life. I was like, I'm going to put me first. I'm going to put me first. And I wrote the check and I joined the mastermind. I was in it for two, almost three years. And the people I met, the marketing knowledge I learned, that's where I went from being a suit and tie speaker, you know, doing the little, to be in this, to just, I said, I just want to be me. I don't want to fucking put on a suit and tie. I don't, that's not who I am. I'm a rocker. I'm a biker. I speak, you know, very colorfully, if you will. And I, and people in there were like, that's you, Chris, that's your, you're the kick-ass guy. You're the no excuses guy. And so from that investment, I've definitely made that back and so much more. Um, so I share that with, with everybody watching and listening because, you know, sometimes it is that investment. My coach, Sally Anderson from, from New Zealand, she's absolutely amazing. You know, she came to me in 2019 or yeah, 2019. And she's like, I've been watching you for the last five years and you're, it's fucking ridiculous why you're not bigger. She goes, I want to coach with you. 
again, another investment. It was like, mm -hmm. all right, but when you make those investments, that's when shit changes. Yeah. That's when, when, when you have people on your side that tell you the truth, that's massive. So tell me about a time that when you, you said you had several coaches, mm -hmm. what was a particular time coaching with somebody where you had this epiphany? Cause I know I've had a few of them at least. What, what were some of those for you? I don't even know which one to start with. There's so many. Do you know who Dr. Breakthrough is? No. Uh, you know who Les Brown is? Oh, hundred percent. I could show you a picture of me and Les. Yeah. We're in a bandana, by the way. Yeah, well, that's cool. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been with Les a couple of times, but um, one of Les's good friends is Dr. Breakthrough, who's also a really good friend of mine. And um, if you haven't heard his stuff, you should you should just go on YouTube and, and look up Dr. Breakthrough. He's got some really powerful stuff. And one of the things that really changed my life was really realizing that things that are tough are made to break through instead of looking at them as a, you know, obstacle, look at them as, okay, this is an opportunity to smash it. And it's totally different when you see it as an opportunity versus a barrier. Yes. So yes. different, just like yes. the wave in the surfer. It's so different when you look at it as an opportunity instead of, Oh no, here we go. I'm going to fall again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, woe is me. Stop the woe is me stuff. It doesn't work. Yeah, it's all bullshit. I mean, you could have a pity party for a day and then you get up and you stand up and you do yeah. what you can do with it. For me, when my coach, you know, um, I was very successful, six figures yeah. in a corporate job, master's degree, owned two houses, blah, 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 blah. And she says, she goes, and she's from New Zealand. She's a Kiwi. She goes, fuck mate, when are you going to get out of survivor mode? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Survivor mode. I'm successful. I got this. She goes, you have to have everything fucking planned out. You, I mean, she swears like a, she swears more than I do. She's like, you know, you have to have her plan A, B, C, D, everything. When are you going to get into thriver mode? When I'm like, Hmm. So that for me was like a big, big shift. I was always in the future pontificating. Or I was in the, in the, in the, in the, in the past, you know, like Monday morning quarterbacking, how could I have done this different? But I was never in the moment. And yeah. through that, through that relationship, if I took nothing else away, which I took a lot more away was the fact of, you know, just being and trusting and being in the moment and, and relying on ourselves. And, you know, you don't get that without, you know, paying for it and investing in it and having the, uh, it sounds like a coaching commercial, but it doesn't, isn't meant to, um, but <laughs> it truly does. Elevate, it elevates, it elevates our outcomes and our, and our, and our results. I want to show you something real quick. I wasn't, sure. hadn't planned on doing this, but, uh, since you, I don't think you've ever seen this. I'm going to show this for everybody. Most sure. of the people have seen it. Um, let's see. There's me and Les. Yeah. Yeah. I went Dude. and took, I went and took, uh, his speaker training at the Sheridan gateway, uh, hotel in Los yeah. Angeles. And, um, he, he is such a good guy. Yeah, it was, it was truly amazing. So here's the, so here's the deal. That's, that's me back in the day. I think that was 2015 or something like that. Um, so here's the story with that. So I show up like this, everybody's in a suit and tie and, and I'm not, I don't get starstruck. I'm just like, I'm just who I am. I know rock stars. Yeah. I met Duff McKay, all these different people, actors and blah, yeah. blah. Um, and my buddy was, uh, my buddy Martin is, was the, the 10th runner up in the world championship of public speaking He's wearing a suit and tie. And when we first started the, the training session with Les, everybody had 20 minutes on stage for him to kind of see how you spoke and how you were. So he could kind of like design the cur curriculum for the next three days. Everybody went up there and did their 20 minutes. No big deal. I get up there and I have it on recording. I should pull it out. Um, for 45 minutes, he spends on me. He's like, you know, so tell me about this look. And do you swear when you talk to kids? Cause I, at, you know, I mentor at risk kids. Yeah. And so we're having this back and forth conversation. I'm watching everybody like going, okay, when are we going to stop and focus on the guy with the bandana? And it was funny. Cause he, he didn't get my look and he's and, it, and then 
on the third day, part of the deal was that he takes you up to his suite and he interviews you. So I actually have videos on YouTube okay. of Les Brown interviewing me in a suite. That's cool. But when he walks in that third morning and my friend Martin tells me at dinner that night, we're having dinner with Les Brown right there in the Sheridan Gateway Hotel. And he's like, dude, why don't you put on the suit and tie? Les seems to be like digging you and everything else, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Martin, who's everybody talking about right now? And he goes, you're fucking brilliant. And I said, these people are going to go home and go, fucking Les Brown was talking about this guy with a bandana and a tie and he swears. And people go, where do you, where do, where's this guy at? Where's this guy at? <laughs> yeah. so Les comes walking in the third day and he goes, he goes, what's up, Mr. Kickass? And I go, what's up, Les? How you doing, bro? And, uh, and he's like, you got one of those kerchiefs for me? Talk about my bandana. I'm like, sure. And I always, whenever I'm at an event, I carry three bandanas around in my back pocket. Yep. And if I find somebody who's super cool, I like declare them kick-ass, unstoppable. Yep. And I show them how to fold it That's and put cool. it on. And he goes, and I, so I pull it out. I said, you want a red one, a blue one, or a white one? I can't remember what it was. And he goes, give me the blue one. And so I go to hand it to him. And he says in front of all the people, he goes, no, 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 fool, put it on me. And so I fold the bandana and I put it That's on him. Cool. And then he's like, we take some pictures. That picture, those moments, dude, have, have got me so many clients and so many opportunities yeah. because people are just like, the dude is just real. And, yeah. and I love Les. He was amazing. He actually, he is amazing. Truth, be told, yeah. truth be told, he took me out in the lobby of the Sheridan Gateway. And he says, Christopher, he goes, I can put you on stages. He goes, he goes, I can't do this. He was dead serious. He went, he went into serious mode. He's like, you're an amazing speaker. You know, he goes, but I can't, I can't put this on stage. I can't have the swearing. I can't have this. And I said, I'm sorry, Les. And I still remember this is a fucking huge moment in my life because Tony Robbins and Les Brown, their tapes were what yeah. got me through being homeless. What got me through to yep. turn around and go back to school after being a seventh grade dropout. Yep. And I sat there and I said, Les, I gotta be me, man. And he's like, oh, I wear jogging pants. He goes, and this was at a time before he even publicly declared. He goes, he goes, I color my hair with mascara because my Afro that can't handle the, the color dye and all this other stuff. And I said, I Les, I love you. I love you. I appreciate you, man. And from that point forward, I just continued to rock. And I would never have done that had I not been, had I not had coaches and had people in my life. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was cool. I, I, I didn't think I was gonna be sharing that story, but uh, I always dig it. That was cool. Because you're a Les Brown fan. Let me uh, let me grab some of these comments, and I got some more questions sure. for you. The time is already flying by. Um, Ray says here, fire, Brian. He's loving it. He's digging it. Um, let's see. We got uh, Ray saying here, awesome content, Chris. Catherine says, yes, Brian. Uh, repay evil for good. Milkshake, dig that. Yeah. Uh, Catherine says, I invested in a mastermind. Awesome. Absolutely. And uh, I'm not sure what, what link that is, but we'll check it out. Ray's posted a couple of links up here. Uh, I think Amazon, maybe for that book. I'm guessing that's probably for the book. Thank you, Ray, for posting that. Got Stacy in the house. What's up, Stacy? A fellow speaker, a dear friend of mine. She's uh, posting up here. She says, uh, be true to you. Absolutely. Um, and actually, uh, Catherine just bought it. So I'm guessing it's the book you just recommended. She just bought it on Audible. So that's how this show works. People take action because that's what it's all about. Yep. And Catherine says, I love Tony Robbins. So in thinking about the conversation we're having tonight, Brian, and I really appreciate, you know, your transparency and everything. Um, you know, when I think about all the things that we're talking about, we're talking about doing the best, you know, like we're really talking about raising the bar. We're having discipline. We're having focus. We're having clarity. Probably seven or eight years ago, I came home from work and I was putting my, my keys and my wallet on my dresser. And I was thinking to myself about something that happened that day. I did a presentation or so I can't remember what it was. And I said to myself in my brain, I said, I did the best I could. And then I, for the first time in my life, Brian, I stopped and I went, Chris, was that really your best? Yeah. Was that your best? And throughout the years, I've determined that, and I've asked this question many times because I'm always curious and I'm going to ask you this question. Mm -hmm. For me, it was like, was that my best? And it wasn't. 
but we give ourselves that, that get out of jail card. If I say I did my best, I can, if we go back to when we're kids, you know, Chris, did you do the best you could on your math test? Yes. Okay. We'll do better. So I, like it gets you out of all this shit. They never identify what better is. You're like, Oh, if I just tell people I did my best, then they leave me the fuck alone. This is great. But when we get true and we get real with ourselves and asking ourselves if we did our best, that's where we really, truly raise the bar. So I'm curious to see how you recommend for maybe yourself and for other people to really identify what their best is and how to consistently hold themselves to that best standard. That's a really good question. And I think that's going to be different for each person. They need to find that in themselves. Um, several of the books I've written, which are on Amazon, will share some of my story in different parts and pieces one of the books that really changed my life when I wrote it was true emotional nudity. I love that (laughs) true emotional nudity. Yes. And you talk about crazy because I realized that I was in essence living a lie to myself, you know, not only myself, but God and even my spouse and my children, I was basically putting on a facade or a mask. And it's really about removing those masks, live true and authentic. It doesn't matter. If you struggle with something, admit you struggle with it and you'll be quicker to get over it. You know, think of it as, okay, I failed. Admit you failed and move forward. If you can't admit you failed, well, I never finished yet. You're not going back to finish it. You know that. So, (laughs) you know, just admit, okay, I failed at that or I sucked at that. It doesn't matter. You know, you can't be good at everything. I'm not a you know rocket scientist and I don't claim to be. Right. So therefore, just realizing it's okay to be you. It's okay to be true. I think just like you with Les Brown, that's a huge key. You mm-hmm. found you and that's what it took. And so many people don't, they don't really know. They're just out there trying to please everyone else. Quit trying to be somebody you're not. Quit trying to copycat somebody else because there's enough fakes out there already. We don't need another one. Lord knows. <laughs> No, I love that. I love that. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, just uh, for those of you guys listening on the podcast, I just put something up on the screen saying, Hey, please share this. If you're digging this, appreciate it. Oh, look at this. Ray's already putting your, your web, your web link up there. That's cool. Appreciate that. Brian Um, yep. so I just had a question in my brain and it just went right out the fucking window. Oh, I was going to share, share. Um, I got ADD on crack. It's crazy. That's all right. um, no. So when I, when I sit there and I talk to uh, coaching clients and they sit there, a lot of things revolve yeah. around finances. And I tell them, are you doing the best you can to, to, to clean up your finances? Are you doing the best you can to raise finances? Like Chris, I'm doing this, you know, I'm working this job and I, and I looked at my bills and I'm doing all these things. And I'm like, who's the most important person in your life? Who is the person that you would kill and die for? Oh, my, my daughter, my son, my mother, my, my husband, whoever it might be. I'm like, okay, I want to go dark for a second. This is how I prove my point. Cause I did this with myself. Yeah. Like, okay, how much money do you need? Well, I need, you know, $10,000 $10, would really kind of help me out and get me out of this you know, spot I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what if I asked you that you had to go raise $10,000 and it couldn't be illegal, immoral, or unethical in the next 10 days? Could you do it? Well, Chris, Jesus Christ, if I could do that, I have fucking $10,000 right now, blah, blah, blah. And they, they're all cocky and shit. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go dark for a second. I'm going to apologize up ahead, but it's, I'm going to prove my point. I said, so if you walked into your house right now and you saw a man with a gun next pointed at the head of the person that you love the most, and they said, you need to go $10,000 can't be illegal, immoral, or unethical in 10 days, or I'm going to pull the trigger. Would you find a way? Yep. And without a doubt, without hesitation, they look at me like dick, but yes, <laughs> they're like, yes. Cause I sit there and think about it myself. I think about my own best and I'm like, okay, if somebody came in here and said, Chris, you know, you need to go find five clients in the next five days or we're going to fucking hang your, your kid by a noose. I would go find it. I would get resourceful. I would get disciplined. I would, I would establish my priorities. I would do all these things that we say that we're going to do that we don't. 
So I wanted to share that for the people that yeah, were listening absolutely. and uh, and share that with you because, you know, it, it, it's within us. It truly, all of the strength and all of the discipline is within us. We just got to get rid of the excuses, hence no excuses, coach. So yeah. I have this question for you. What is What are a couple of your biggest excuses and how do you personally uh, overcome them? Or what is your coach, you know, ever recommended as far as your excuse? My excuse is I don't feel like it. Like I need to write my book. I don't feel like it. I need to make a call. I don't feel like yeah. it. That's like my biggest excuse. So I call bullshit on when I do it. I'm like, Chris, you may not feel like it, but you feel like the outcome, right? Yes. Okay. Fucking right. So yeah. what is it for you? So probably my biggest excuse used to be laziness. And I would work hard because I wanted to be able to be lazy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I like it. It was kind of funny. It was kind of an oxymoron. It was like, I can't wait till the day I don't have to get up with an alarm clock. And it was funny because, you know, soon after I'd had one of my business failures and tried changing careers and all kinds of weird st stuff, I ran into an online internet advertising company. And so I helped them launch their company and coach them from zero to 90 million in less than six months. Holy moly. So it was cool. And I made 382,000 in like five and a half months. And it was awesome. But the thing that was crazy was I got to live the quote, you know, dream life, if you want to call it that I worked for roughly 10 minutes every day, you know, talking to them, coaching them, making sure they did what they were supposed to each day. And I was set. And it was insane because I got bored with going fishing with I thought I couldn't do, you know, I got bored with doing things around the house, spending time with my kids. And so I realized that money isn't the answer. Having that financial freedom isn't necessarily the answer to do anything you want, anytime you want. Having relationships and people to do them with is so much more important. Yes. Having true friends, having people to talk to, having failures. Failures are actually the best time to grow. And most people don't realize that. You don't really grow when you're on a mountaintop. Yeah. Oh, true. Just look at nature. I mean, what grows on the top of a mountain? Not a whole lot. <laughs> pretty barren and rocky. Yeah. Yeah. You can see around because there's nothing there. <laughs> but when you get in the valley, that's where all the growth and the vines and everything else is. Everything's there. Everything's growing in the valley. That's where the water is. And that's where we grow as well is through the trials. And so if you look at it as, okay, this is a time I'm going to grow. I'm going to move forward regardless of how dark and dismal it may feel in the valley, because there's a lot of trees and shrubs and vines and whatever else seems to be clouding your vision, but it's okay. You're moving forward. Yeah. So true. And I, and I think about it in terms of like this, I ask people, do you learn from your mistakes? Yes or no? Yes. You and I, say, go, I say, go make more. And they're yeah. like, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah. if you learn from your mistakes, you should be making more. You should be, I challenge my clients all the time. Like every week at the very least, you have to get out of your comfort zone, do something that gets out of your comfort zone that moves the needle. We talk about, I have this needle program. Like if it moves yeah. the needle on your goals, you need to go get uncomfortable, whether it's going to a networking event, whether it's making 10 sales, phone calls, whatever it might be for you, you need to get out of your comfort zone because at the end of the year, you have 52 experiences of getting out of your comfort zone. Do you think you might have more courage and confidence? Yes or no. After 52 experiences. And they're like, yeah, I would. I'm like, so is it realistic to ask you out of seven days of the week, out of all the different hours, I used to know the hours. If yeah. would you, would you be able to step out of your comfort zone? Yes or no? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. What's holding you back. And we talked about fears before, but that's, that's the analogy that I use with people is okay. Here's the opportunity for you. If you, if you learn from your mistakes, then go make more of them. Stop having that fear of judgment and everything else. I was just talking talking to somebody on Owl today. As a matter of fact, they they oh, asked yeah. me about about asking about overcoming fears, and I was talking about yeah. a little bit of that. But uh, we're getting close on time. Yeah, I want to ask this final question. I told you this sure. conversation was going to be going by like lickety yep. spit. It does. It um, goes fast. Before I before I um 
Uh, oh, Ray says here, yep, it was Les Brown interviewing me. I think the other one was the book. Um, okay. And then we've got, uh, we got, oh, I got, uh, oh, we got Meredith in the house. Where Meredith is in the house. Kick ass Meredith. I know her from Clubhouse, from the Clubhouse days. You and I are both on Clubhouse as well. Yep. Um, Catherine says here, I started reading the ripple effect mindset also bought emotional nudity. There you go. You got a book sale out of it, brother. Yeah, that's, that's cool. That's just, the first, that's just the first one. So yeah. my last question for you is what is Brian's why? Because I believe in when you have a big enough, why you have a big enough, how we've been talking about that tonight. So what is Brian's why? So probably my biggest why is to really know the Lord myself and to make others know him. My goal is to emulate him, show him, be transparent, that other people can see my failures and see who I now live for. Because he is my reason for living. Yeah, love that. I love that. And uh, where can people get a hold of you? Where can people continue the conversation? I've got a couple of uh, websites. We put the we put yeah. up the other one before, but uh, I've got a couple other ones. What's uh, So nextupmindset.com is probably the best one. Um, I have a lot of free stuff on there as well. There's actually some free courses, some free... Um, like blog things I wrote, um, a lot of cool stuff. There's two free eBooks on there as well. Nice. So overcoming the fear of public speaking is one of them. So for those who want to start speaking and not be afraid or crying, like I was at the first time, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is what it is. You know, I'm not afraid to say that now, but at that point I was like, Oh, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. So that's probably the best place. They can also reach me on owl which is pretty cool. Um, if Chris has not told you about it, that is quickly become my favorite platform. And that's where I spend a lot of my time when I have time and can take, you know, unscheduled calls, you know, around everything else I do, the coaching and the other multiple businesses that I run, you know, that's where you can reach me. And that's where you can also reach Chris. Yep. And I'll tell you, that's where you're going to get the most discounted time to talk with us one-on-one, -on -one. you know, get a feel for it, ask a few questions, you know, get some personal help because, Getting just a few moments with somebody that can help you, in my case, you know, I help you take the next step. So I don't know what your next step is. You may not know what your next step is, but that's where I help you figure out what your next step is. Love it. Love it. And they can also get a hold of you via email at brianstrubar yep. at gmail.com. Correct. Yep. That's what I have in there. And also, Ray, I believe, put in here um, your other link. I didn't even see that one. Um I have a number of different websites. You have the brianstrubar.com uh, link, right? Yep. Where did I, where did it go? He had it in there somewhere. I saw yeah. it. Yeah. I wanted to put it up on the screen so people could see it, but um, where the hell did it go? Like literally, you, you know, when you want to find something, you can't find it. And then <laughs> don't you hate oh. that when you're looking for it, it disappears. <laughs> well, it is in there. Brianstrubar.com. Um, go check it out. Brother, this yeah. has been amazing. I appreciate you being here on Absolutely. the show. I knew, I knew the time was going to fly. I'm going to place you yes. backstage. I'm going to finish out the show. Don't go anywhere. Awesome. I want thank to chat with you for a second, but uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, there you have it. 53 minutes of pure kick-ass content, unstoppable mindset, no excuses, overcoming your fears, jumping into it reframing your perspective. That's what we do here on the show. And Brian did an excellent job of that. Reframing our, 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 our perspective on our failures, right? When you think about your failures, your failures don't identify you. Your, your failures can propel you to the next level. You know, when you think back and like, did I learn from my mistakes? Yes or no. Okay. What things have you learned? You know, I asked somebody the other day and they said, you know, I'm just tired of failing and I'm tired of being judged and all this different stuff. And I'm like, 
when you look back on your life, tell me about a specific time where you had a massive failure, you had a massive learning lesson and how that lesson has benefited you throughout your life. Maybe it was a relationship. Maybe you got, you got jilted, you know, and you learned from that relationship and now you have a, a, an awesome relationship. What is it for you? When you think about those things, those are growing opportunities. Those aren't ways to hold yourself back. Those are ways to shift your perspective to say, listen, I'm a fighter. I'm, I'm, I'm unstoppable. I never quit. When I look back at my life and I think about different moments in my, my life and God's honest truth, not every day is perfect for me. Not every day I'm positive. Everybody says, God, Chris, I wish I had your positivity and you're always so energetic and everything else. You see me for an hour a day. You don't see me the other 23 hours of the day. So I, I struggle sometimes with depression. Sometimes I struggle with all sorts of different things. But when I think about my expectation for the future and I know that there's just like, I'm just right there to be like all over the fucking globe. I know it's going to happen without a doubt. Probably once the book comes out. But I sit there and I think, has everything been provided for me that I have needed in the past to get over being homeless? Has everything been provided for me when I went through my first divorce? Has everything been provided for me when I've lost jobs in the past? Am I sitting here today because of those negative experiences and has it always been provided for me? Yes. So it's going to be provided for you as well. You just have to stop looking in the rearview mirror. As Brian said, you have to start looking forward and sit there and say, Hey, that was yesterday's bird nest. Today is today. I'm going to live in the moment. I'm going to live in a state of gratitude, right? When you think about it, this is something I want you to do. And I talk about it on the show a lot, but I want you to do it before your eyes open tomorrow morning. I want you to say what you're grateful for. Find 10 things every single day. I'm grateful for the bed I'm sleeping in. I'm grateful for the people who made the bed. I'm grateful for the fact that I have air conditioning. I'm grateful for the fact that I have blinds on my windows. I'm thankful for electricity. I'm thankful for my son sleeping in the next room. I'm thankful for that my wife has a job. I'm thankful for all the clients I have. Start your day with gratitude. But before you open your eyes, the next step I want you to do is I want you to set the intention for the day. I was telling somebody today that was asking me for advice. I'm like, how do you start your day, Chris? And I said, I started with gratitude. And then I set the intentions for the day. My intention today is to be present and playful with my son. That's always the first one. My intention today is to impact the world and make it a better place for what I say and who I am and what I do. My next intention is this. And my next intention is that. And as I'm going through my day, if I find myself being disappointed or frustrated or angry or whatever it else might be, I asked myself the simple question, did I set the intention today to be this, whatever it is? Did I set the intention today? No. Okay. What do I need to do to reset? For me, it's going back into gratitude. Wow. I'm grateful. I have an office. I'm grateful. I have a ceiling fan. I'm grateful. I have dry erase boards. I'm grateful. I have a huge TV. I'm grateful. I have a stereo system. I'm grateful. My dog is outside barking. I'm grateful. My cat just came up and rubbed against me. State of gratitude. Next thing, what can I do next that will allow me the opportunity when I go to sleep tonight that I'll have more things to be grateful for? I'm grateful I, I, I made a call. I'm grateful I did these things. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's not rocket science. We talked about rocket science a little bit ago. It's not rocket science. It's just a matter of you putting one foot in front of the other continuously, having the mindset, surrounding yourself with the people who are going to help you do it that aren't going to sit there and say, Chris, why are you fucking doing that shit, huh? You know, I had people telling me that when I was going back to school to get my GED, what are you going to be Mr. Smarty pants? When I told him I was going into college, I'm like, Oh, Mr. College guy. I'm like, fuck the fuck off all the way off. And I spent 12 years in college night and day. I worked a full-time job. And in the same year I bought my first house, I got my master's degree. So I'm, I'm no different than you guys. No different. Spent four years being homeless on the streets, drugs, alcohol, violence, all that shit. Wound up getting my shit together. Wound up surrounding myself with the right people. Wound up investing in myself and going to college and getting coaches and joining masterminds and all these different things that I've done to be the person I am in front of you today. I'm not perfect. I'm not any better than anybody else. I'm just me. And I just want that for you guys. I just want that for you guys. So go out there, be brilliant. If this show has impacted you, please, please, please share it. Please, 
please, I would beg of you to share it. Also, don't forget to go to ChristopherRoush.com. Let me put it up on the screen. I think it's somewhere around here. Um, yeah, it's right there. ChristopherRoush.com. Go there, hit sign up. I think it's on the last tab. I think it's about or contact. Sign up for the newsletter. I'm going to be putting stuff out. I want you guys to have first access to it. The book is coming out. I may ask you, some people want to read some chapters and, and give me some feedback on it. You guys are my misfits for life. Go out there, be awesome, be kick-ass, connect with Brian. Please let him know that you uh, you found him here on the Ron and Scripted Show. And if you're listening to the podcast, we appreciate you. You can find the podcast anywhere. And uh, here's another cool little thing. I did this yesterday, and I'll leave you with this. Go type in Google, hashtag no excuses coach. I was blown away. I have built that, that, that hashtag over the last, I don't know, three or four years. It's crazy. I found myself everywhere. It's so cool. So if you're interested in connecting with me, do that. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Go out there. Be brilliant. We'll see you next time here on the Ron Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush. Peace.